Well, good Monday morning. Thank you for joining us today on Tetelestai. We began last week looking at uh, the subject of holiness and talking about a passage in 1 Peter 1, 13-16, where the Lord says, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And what is holiness? Is it our responsibility to make ourselves holy? Or is that something that God does? Are we holy because of our actions and our attitudes, our effort, our desire to conform ourselves to the image of Jesus? Or is it a work of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is producing His fruit and the character of Jesus within us as we walk with God by faith and trusting in His faithfulness each and every day that we live? We're going to continue to talk about this subject over the next couple of days, realizing that again, It is not our responsibility to make ourselves holy. This is a commitment that God himself has made. When he said, you shall be holy, that was a declaration on God's part. And the reason why you're going to be holy, because I'm holy. So let's continue discussing this beautiful subject, just how holy are you? You can't do it and I can't do it. Because we in and of ourselves are not holy we can't do it by our own effort i mean we can no more self-sanctify ourselves than we could self-deify ourselves and make ourselves god it's impossible we have to do something or we have to be given something or receive something from the lord in order to be who he's declared us to be as Kleinick said god called them to obey because they were Holy God throughout the whole of Scripture. God is the holy maker. He's the holy maker. No one else. He's the sanctifier. And all the things that he did with the Old Testament sacrifices and all the things, it's an opportunity for God to bestow and share his holiness with his people. So they too would experience and be holy. He draws things. He draws people into his presence and why does he do it to share his holiness with them because again he alone's holy and he can share it with whoever he chooses to share it with and he shares that holiness with those he draws to himself that's why the book of hebrews in hebrews 10 11 says we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of jesus christ once for all basically he says we have been made holy By his sacrificed body. You're holy. I'm holy. All in Christ are holy. He suffered outside the gates in Hebrews 13, 12. In order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, 2 and 6, 11. He says, his blood makes us holy. Paul calls the Corinthians sanctified in Christ Jesus. He says, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Notice every single one of those are past tense. Were. You were justified. You were sanctified. And it is past tense. And it's a completed action. Something that has already been done jesus has sanctified us and made you and i holy by what he did on the cross it is a done deal 100 percent people say well what about 
ongoing sanctification. I mean, we do read in the scripture that we're admonished to grow because Paul even says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. But notice what Paul says. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. Who's doing the work? God is. He didn't say, now you sanctify yourselves completely. No. He says, God is the one who will sanctify you and completely bring you to that condition, ultimately, of perfection before him. Hebrews again, 10, 14, for by a single sacrifice, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. We all know English, we went to school. The word or phrase being sanctified is in the passive voice. You know what passive means, don't you? I ain't doing anything. I'm chilling. I'm relaxed. Notice how he says it. He tells us that Christ is the one who is sanctifying us. He perfected us forever. Once and for all, and we are being made and expressing greater degrees of holiness because he's doing it in and through us. It's him. He's sharing that with us. God does the sanctifying once and for all. Jesus even prayed in John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them in the truth. He's asking the father, father, make them holy through the truth, your word is truth. But notice, who is Jesus asking to do the job? The Father. Not He's not saying, Peter, you, you better get your act together, buddy, and pray more, read the scriptures more, give more, you know, fast more, try harder, and then you're going to, someday you're going to get there, Peter, and I'm praying for you to get there. I'm asking the Father to, to put the word in your heart and, 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 and make you holy, and you got to work with him. you got to get on the, on the treadmill here and get busy. No, he said, Father, you do this. Use your truth. You sanctify them. This is your responsibility. And even the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of God comes, notice, who is he called? He's called Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. And what is Holy Spirit here to do? Make us holy people. Make us holy people. So when Jesus prayed that, again, he's asking the Father to do something. But here's the thing. Just like it was in the days of Israel, and nothing has changed about this, holiness is still a matter of proximity to the presence of God. Now, think about that. If holiness is still a matter of proximity to the presence of God, and you and I and every believer are the temple of God and God dwells within us, how holy does that make us? Perfectly holy. Perfectly holy before him. Because you see, think about this. Everything when Moses was building that tabernacle, everything had to be done exactly as God told him to do it. And once he was finished in Exodus 40, it says that Moses completed or finished the work. 
And when that happened and everything had been sanctified, cleansed, purified, sprinkled with blood, all that, it says that the glory of God came and filled that tabernacle. I mean, filled it. Same thing happened to the temple to the point where the priests couldn't even stand on their feet. Everybody was on their faces on the ground. They could not stand in the holy presence of God. God took up his dwelling there. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was about to breathe his last breath, he said the same exact thing that was stated about Moses. It is finished. It is finished. Now, days later, on the day of Pentecost, the believers are praying. Jesus has ascended to the Father and he said, you wait for the promise of the Father. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the work had been completed, all the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross, sacrifice of sin, everything was perfect and completed. And then they believed on Christ. Then the Spirit of God comes down and falls not upon them only, but takes up residence inside of them, a dwelling had been prepared within them for the presence of God. Cleansing. God isn't going to go hang out in a place that hasn't been prepared for him. My heart, your heart is prepared for the dwelling of God because he justifies us. He deals with the sin problem and forgives us all of our sins, declares us not guilty, says you're no longer condemned before me. You stand perfectly righteous before me now, as righteous as my son. And guess what? I and my son are one, and you stand perfectly righteous, so guess what? I can come live inside of you because you're a perfect dwelling place for me now. A perfect dwelling place for God. What a beautiful picture of what the Spirit of God has done, what the Lord Jesus has done in our behalf. We glorify Him for His grace and His mercy. We're His dwelling place. We're going to continue to talk about this subject as we get back together, Lord willing, tomorrow. I do pray that the grace, peace, and joy of the Lord Jesus Christ will be yours in fullest measure today.